Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Living Waters Flowing. My name is Nina Minnis, and I thank you so much for tuning in today. It is an honor to be before you today. And I just want to let you know that this is my fourth time trying to record this. I'm actually out in my car (laughs) trying to record this podcast, and that's okay. Because I'm determined to do what God has called me to do. This word is very important. And I think that's why there has been interruptions. There's been different things coming up. And I say, thank you, Lord. Through it all. Thank you, Lord. So I want to say thank you so much for your love and support. All of the emails and all of the messages. Thank you so much. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I am praying for you. I probably don't get to get back with each of you in a timely fashion. I'd apologize, but I want to say thank you. And also to my Facebook group, Queens of God. This is why I wait. Thank you so much for your love and support. I appreciate each and every one of you. And um, I just want to um, start out with prayer and then we'll go into the word. Father God, I thank you. I praise you. I glorify your name. I give you honor. I give you glory. Lord, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for loving us. Lord, your love is life to us. Your love is breath for us. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to do and everything that you have done. We thank you, God, that you work all things together for our good. You work everything according to your purpose and for your will. And Lord, all of that involves your love. You love us so much that you are so involved in our lives, that you care for the things that we care about, that you are mindful of us. Lord, thank you for showing your love through your son, Jesus. Lord, I ask right now that you would speak to me and through me. Lord, that you would speak to the hearts and minds of your people. Lord, I decrease completely. And God, I ask that you increase and take complete control of this podcast. Lord, you know what it is that you want to say in this moment, in this hour, in this season, and to your people. And I ask God that you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to try this again. Again, this is number four. This is my fourth time trying to do this. But I do want to say this. Um, My our topic today is going to involve the love of God. And this is actually going to be a series because God has given me so much on this in my study time that there is no way that I can fit this into one podcast. I, I, there's no way. Um, if you hear some people talking behind me, it is trick-or-treaters. Today is October 31st, 2021. So they're going to be walking by trick-or-treating and doing the most to get that candy. So please ignore that. <laughs> so today, the topic is the love of God through Jesus the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. And I want to start in scripture 
where Jesus is in his last moments in his life. And he is actually, I mean, he's been through so much at this point. He has been, he's been brought before the, the priest. He's been brought before Pilate and they are accusing him of blasphemy and all of these dreadful things. And they're, they're coming up with all kinds of stuff that he did not do and, and that he did not say, but they're twisting his words and they're, they're trying to convince Pilate that he is worth dying, that he's worth being crucified. And so he, um, when he did speak, and this is what I was speaking of earlier, that even when he was being accused before Pilate, when he was being accused before the, the chief priest and all of those who were, were sitting and listening to the charges being brought against him, everything that he said in his last moments, he was still thinking of us. He was still thinking of the lives that needed to be saved. He, he was still, his words were still making an impact on people and they believed on him just in his speaking to people who were accusing him or who were listening to charges being brought against him. He absolutely exemplified the love of God in every way, even when he was in his in a moment where he could easily have risen up in his flesh because he was all man. He was he was God. He was he was man, too. So he could have said, you know what? They're lying on me. They're lying on me. Uh, None of this stuff is true. And what I was saying earlier in the previous recording that those of you who are a remnant of believers, and when I say remnant, I'm speaking of those who are walking in the things of God, who has completely surrendered their life to God and everything that he's calling you to do. There's going to be people that will rise up against you. Now, I'm, I'm going to read first um, the word of God, and then we're going to go from there. I'm going to read Luke 34, verses 33 through 39. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And it reads, When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on the right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they're doing. Let me say that again. This is verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. After being lied on, after being persecuted, after being flogged 39 stripes, which there was even purpose in that because by his stripes we are healed. My God. Jesus. Even after being spat on, being a a crown of thorns being placed on his head, they beat the flesh. They ripped the flesh off his body. They mutilated his body. When he made it to the cross, he was unrecognizable. Unrecognizable because of how much they had mutilated his body. And even after they ripped the flesh off his body, he had to carry his own cross up the hill to the place where they were going to crucify him. 
So let me tell you, when God loves you, there is no, and, and Jesus loved us. There's no extent that he was not willing to go to, to do what his love for us compelled him to do. This went completely beyond human willpower. This went completely beyond knowing, having knowledge of what needs to be done. You have to have a deep and abiding and divine love to endure all of these things and still, still be thinking of them to say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And I'm going to continue on verse 34. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Now, this is after he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Then they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he's God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. And verse 39, one of the criminals hung there, that hung there, hurled insults at him saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. So even after he asked God to forgive them, they were still being horrible to Jesus. They were still saying all manners of evil to him and about him. They were mocking him. I mean, his last days were so dishonorable and so despicable. And just, I mean, if you think about it, Jesus on the cross, he could have at any moment called down lightning and lightning from the skies and called down condemnation upon these people, called down judgment on these people. He could have um, ordered the angels to come and just wipe everybody out. Now, this is real. We're talking about God here. We're talking about God. We're talking about the Son of God. It could, it could have been just over in a blink of an eye. All of those who had anything to do with persecuting him and blaspheming him and I mean, coming up against him in any way, he could have called down heaven's army to take care of all of them, but he didn't. His love for us compelled him, drove him to endure the most unthinkable pain and anguish, the most unthinkable ways of being, being treated and beat and just... If you think about it, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what his sacrifice would mean for them personally, for them, their family, their generation and generations to come. They didn't know. They didn't know. All they, they thought that they were doing right. 
They thought that that he was just some kind of loose cannon out here doing and saying different things and claiming to be something that he's not. And they thought that they were doing God's work. But they were not. They were so wrong. But even in that, God got the glory out of it. God got the glory out of it. And we ourselves reaped a harvest of salvation and redemption and reconciliation back to God. My God. And I just want to right now speak to that remnant that I was talking about before. One of the ways you know that you're walking in the things of God is that people will come up against you. You will have people that will accuse you of doing things and and thinking things and believing things about you that is so far from the truth, so far from your reality of of your mindset, of your, your motives. When you're living to please God, some people are uncomfortable with that and they will question it to the very T. They will call you a liar because that's what they did to Jesus. Jesus was telling them who he was and what he was there for, what he came to earth for, that he was sent by God. And this is why he was sent. And and if you believe on me and you, you'll be accepting the father. And if you love me, then you'll be loving the father. He's letting them know what he's there for. And it seemed like the more he let them know what he's there for, the more he got accused of worse and worse things. They called him a demon. They called him demon possessed. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Some of the stuff is like, how do you get that out of this man healing the sick, raising the dead, um, making blind eyes see, uh, making the dumb talk, making the lame walk? How do you turn that into demon possession? It just, it, it makes no sense. So to those who are sold out to God, those who are absolutely involved in the works of God, I know that persecution comes. I know that a lot of times you will get all types of hateful responses to what you're doing. Keep going. Keep going. Do not let anything stop you because what you're doing in obedience to God's will you are displaying the love of God you're displaying you're walking in it and even in not responding to their insults responding in love to their persecution blessing those who persecute you um, blessing those who do despiteful and evil things to you praying for them That right there, all of those acts are acts of the love of God. And let me tell you, the fact that Jesus did not send down rain from heaven to destroy all these people or fire from heaven showed an ultimate um, act of forgiveness, act of mercy. He loved us enough to do this. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life in King James Version or eternal life in the NIV Version. Everything Jesus done, everything he said, 
his reactions. Think about this. We, we read the Bible and we read through it and we're like, yeah, and we'll quote it even. But when you stop and actually look at it, just step back and look at how Jesus reacted to people who did not understand him, who, who um, persecuted him, who um, disrespected him, dishonored him, who didn't know who he was and accused him of being something that he wasn't. Look at how he handled those people. Look at what he did. A lot of times he would respond with revelation from heaven and they wouldn't even know what he's talking about. Wouldn't even know what he's talking about. When he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up, they didn't know what he was talking about. They was like, no, it took us 40 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it up in three days? They, they looking at the physical. He was ministering on a spiritual level Speaking of his body, the temple, that he was going to die and be raised to life again in three days. So we have to understand that a lot of people are not going to receive you, but still allow the love of God, the love of Jesus to flow through you just like he did. In 1 John 4, 9 through 10, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Romans 5 through 8. I'm sorry, 5 verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, another familiar passage. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what is trying to come against you. I don't care if it is people or, or things in your past, things in your present, things that that is looked to be done in the future. Nothing in all creation can separate you. That means that there's absolutely nothing existing and nothing that is coming that will be able to separate you. God's love is never ending, never ending. So when people are in doubt and say, well, God can't love me because I've done too much. I've said too much. I've, I've done X, Y, and Z. And, and I personally, I don't really love God because I don't know him. I don't know him and I don't really live for him. I don't go to church. I don't be doing all that. I just, you know, I just want a good life. I want to make some money. I want to support my family and support my business and, and just be successful and treat people right and just go on. But the love of God surpasses anything that we could ever know. And he wants us to take the information, take take the revelation of his love 
that is throughout the scriptures. I mean, it's throughout the scriptures everywhere. And he wants us to allow him to give us a revelation of how much he loves us and how much he wants us to express this same love to others. He wants us to be the example of his love. He wants us to show his love in so many deep and dynamic ways that it will change the lives of the people that we encounter every day. And so let me also go to Psalms 36 and 7. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God? People take refuge in your shadow, in the shadow of your wings. How priceless is your unfailing love. You can't buy this. You can't buy this. If you think about it, a lot of times people will go through a lot of things and even give money to get someone to love them. Go through emotional things, go through abuse, um, try to please people to get them to love them and and buy the love of people, try to give gifts and different things that will cause them to see them as worthy of loving. But God is saying, this love that I have for you is free of charge, free of charge. And it is more abundant than you could ever imagine. His love is eternal. His love is everlasting. His love overflows And it is so present in us. When we receive Jesus, we receive the love of God. And God wants us to know just what all that entails. We will never be able to know the the complete depth of God's love because it, it would blow our mind. It would absolutely blow our mind if we knew all of the expressions and the depths and the heights. But he wants us to... Go into his word and allow us to absorb what he has made known to us in his word and also give us revelation and how we can apply that to our life and how we can express it to others. This is the love of God we're speaking of through Christ Jesus. And it says in Proverbs, hold on just a moment. Actually, let's go to Luke 22, 42 through 44. Luke 22 42 through 44 I'm sorry I it just come up on me right then so now I have to go to it <laughs> so 42 through 44 so this is when Jesus is at the Mount of Olives and this is in his last moments before um, Judas betrays him Judas has gone from him and the disciples and went to get um, to get the um, those that he was going to betray them, those that paid him the silver to betray Jesus. And he's on his way back. And Jesus, he went to the Mount of Olives so that he can pray. And he was really nervous. He was in anguish on what was about to happen. He knew that he was coming up on his last moments and that it was going to be dreadful. And so he said in verse 42, 
He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel appeared from heaven, appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was going through deep turmoil and anguish, thinking of what he was about to go through, y'all. And just like I was stating earlier, they ripped the flesh off of his body. Think about that. He, they ripped the flesh off his body. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They spat on him. They, they did all manners of evil to him in his last moments. He was about to go through the most dreadful. And I, I mean, the word dreadful doesn't even cover the depths of how ugh, it is just, I mean, when I think about it, it brings tears to my eyes that they would do our loving God, our savior, someone who came and did nothing but good in the earth. What they did to him, he didn't even deserve on any level. There's not even the most evil person that deserves this type of mutilation. They absolutely just, I mean, the hatred. Think about the hatred you would have to have in your heart towards somebody to rip flesh off of their body. That was demon driven. I know it was. But let me tell you, he was thinking about that when he went into the Mount of Olives to pray. And even then, he said, Father, if you're willing to take this cup from me, but yet not my will, but yours be done. He was still willing to be obedient unto death because he knew the magnitude of his sacrifice. He knew what this sacrifice would mean for you and me. He knew that he had to go through this because we needed a savior. We needed a sal- uh, our salvation to come through him, through believing on him, through accepting him. And that we could be reconciled back to God. He considered that more important than what he was about to go through. So again, this is the first part of what we're speaking on tonight. And again, this is going to be a series. The love of God through Jesus. And this part is the ultimate sacrifice. What does this mean to you? What does this mean to you that Jesus went through all of these things And did not stop it from happening, though he could have. And God could have also. But they push, he pushed through. Because he loved you and me so much that he wanted us to experience the love of God. He wanted us to receive the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to to be a part of the kingdom of God. He wanted us to be in the family of God, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. We're part of the Gentiles. So I want to pray right now, but right now I want to offer the gift of walking you through to a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He loves you so much. He loves you so much 
And everything that I've spoke of that he did, he had you in mind. He had you in mind. And he wants to save you. He wants to set you free. He doesn't want you to try to clean yourself up before you bring yourself to him. He wants you just the way you are because he loves you just the way you are. So those who want to give their life to Christ, repeat after me. Father, I love you. And I believe, I confess with my mouth, and I believe this moment in my heart that Jesus is Lord and he is Savior and that he gave his life for me, that he rose for me. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life for the rest of my life. I surrender all to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your ultimate sacrifice. If you prayed that prayer right now, send me an email. Living Waters Flowing Ministries at gmail.com or you can send me an instant message through my messenger on Facebook. I would love to hear from you and would love to continue to pray for whatever it is that you're going through right now. And I'm also wanting to end this podcast in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your love. Lord, though we would never have the capacity in our mind to wrap ourselves around what your love means and what your love is really, really about completely, what all it entails. But Lord, in your word, through your sacrifice, we can know some type of depth, some type of height, some type of length of how far your love has gone through your sacrifice of Jesus. Let us see that your love knows no boundaries, has no end. It isn't dependent on what we do and don't do. You love us regardless. You love us just the way we are. And God, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you Jesus, for all that you've done for us, for suffering an unexplainable amount of anguish and, and, and pain that we could not even think of going through ourselves. But you went through that for us. You were on the cross in the place of us. We could have been doing on that cross. We could have been the ones that were mutilated in our bodies for our sins. We deserve that. And you stood in place with no sin. And you took upon our sins on your body. And you suffered for us. So God, we say thank you. Thank you so much. And we praise you. We glorify you. We give you nothing but our best praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, I thank you all so much for your love and support. I'm going to end it here. And until we speak again, may the rivers of living waters continue to flow in your life. Have a blessed week. God bless.